And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 335. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. It's the holiday season, folks. Yeah, um, as I record this, we're a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, of course, Hanukkah, I think, is done now. And I'm not sure about, about any of the other holidays at this time of year because I don't celebrate any of them. So it doesn't really matter. So anyway, so uh, welcome aboard, everybody. And I hope you all had a very good holiday season, whatever holiday you celebrate. Because you know what? There's no one of these holidays that is any more important than the other. So uh, welcome along. Don't have a whole lot to talk about. There's a lot of movies out this uh, last couple of weeks and stuff, and I'm not ready to talk about any of them because I haven't seen any of them because I've been crazy busy, as you all know. Um, just a kind of a brief update on the infrastructure project that is keeping me so busy and keeping me at work. It doesn't look like we're going to be finished anytime soon. That's not good news for the show, but it, it's, you know, it's also... You know, I guess you could call it job security, I suppose. But it, it is still a very much an ongoing thing and, and very, very frustrating because I, I would rather not have to work all this overtime and I would rather not have to, to deal with all this crap. Um, but anyway, uh, enough grousing about uh, my life outside of the show. Let's grouse about things in the comics. Yeah, so we're back on schedule Following our uh, mythology episode and our tribute to Stan last time, uh, we are now back to covering issues of Thor. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. you behold in breathless wonder the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And this week we are beholding in breathless wonder thor volume two number 35 the cover art this month is by andy kubert and shows thor and gladiator locked in a i would almost say a passionate embrace i god this is one of the most homoerotic covers i have ever seen it shows thor and gladiator basically grinding their crotches together uh, it appears that they're standing in the middle of a uh, airport runway uh, there's a plane about to land on top of them. Uh, Thor has his uh, hammer raised up over his head. Gladiator looks like he's trying to punch Thor in the face. But they are indeed rubbing their crotches together. And yeah, um, okay, I guess that's one way to write a comic. Um, anyway, Thor Volume 2, number 35, is the uh, May 2001 issue. Dan Jurgens was the writer, Andy Kubert was the artist, Scott Hanna was the inker, Gregory Wright was the colorist, RS and Comic Crafts' Wes Abbott was the letterer, Mark Sumerak was the assistant editor, Tom Brevoort was the editor, and Joe Quesada is the editor-in-chief. We open up on Earth centuries from today, and we have a couple of armored soldier types and they're going around a spaceship of some description and uh, I'm not sure they're carrying these big ass 90s guns uh, yeah I mean this is kind of still kind of a carryover from the 90s but uh, one of the soldiers is like you found the senesium conduit yeah not that this will help it isn't like this is an exact science you know try telling Zako that never this time stuff is like a religion to him noted I wonder why he's so twisted to watch this now. Good question. If it had happened in the past, you'd think he could watch it any time he wants. And the voice is commenting from off-panel. Idiots. There are moments in time forever at play, when the currents of eternity come together in numerous fashions, creating myriad possibilities, such as the moment I now wish to view. Title of the story is Across All Worlds. And we get a uh, 
It looks like a, a hollow deck that, that we're, we're on, and we have these, these guards, and they're standing with uh, none other than Zarko, though yeah, we don't, don't call him that yet. He hasn't announced himself. He hasn't, he hasn't spoken in logos yet. I sent a gladiator of this era to defeat a foe who has long bedeviled me from yesteryear's abyss, Thor, god of thunder. In moments he'll lose his precious hammer, and then, through my weapon, the gladiator... Arthur Zarko, the Tomorrow Man, shall reign triumphant. And in their kind of hologram, they have uh, Thor, and he's facing off against Gladiator, and they have Amanda's, the, Hannah's daughter, is kind of falling down on the ground in, in front of them. And Zarko, um, looking very much like Lex Luthor here, doesn't have the the Loki's wardrobe-stealing look that he had, uh, I think, the last time we talked about him. Uh, though that, I think, was on an issue of Back to the Bin, so it's been a while. Gladiator here looking very Walt Simonson, like Simonson. I mean, I can tell that Simonson didn't draw it, but the way that uh, the face is drawn on this... Man, does that look like a Simonson drawing. And I, I'm sure that that was probably done very deliberately. And uh, Zarko is kind of ranting and raving here as the, the it's kind of a hologram starts to fade. And the guard is like, oh, looks like we're losing the picture. The caliseptic receptor bridge is shorting out sooner than I expected, says Zarko. Seems like you couldn't see such specific moments in the past before, boss. What's different now? By sending someone of this era into the past... I can key in on him. Use him as an antenna of sorts. Arg! We can't see anything! I guess the, the, the image is now completely scrambled. Why be so frustrated, boss? All you have to do is repair it. Simpleton! Easily said. But it takes time. And we shift our scene to the present, where we, of course, have Thor and Gladiator fighting. And uh, Gladiator kicks Mjolnir out of Thor's hand with a punt sound effect. He's saying, you won't need this anymore. And kicks the hammer, goes way, way, way up into the sky. And then Gladiator punches Thor with a bram. And he says, in fact, you won't need anything. And we cut to Amanda. And she's kind of running through the, the streets as she was last issue. And she's saying, I do not believe this. First, that old guy with the mohawk tries to fry Jake, and then Thor shows up. Gotta hide and use my cell phone to call an ambulance. Jake might have dumped my mom, but he still doesn't deserve... And we see Thor, and he's crashing down on top of the truck right next to where Amanda was standing, and she says, Oh, boy. This is actually kind of a rehash from last issue, I believe. And uh, Amanda... She, I swear, she's like five years older in every issue. She's like, it looks like she's like 25 now. Anyway, she's uh, crawling into the, the truck and she says, I might be stupid for doing this, but that almost looked like. And uh, she sees the burning figure of uh, Jake Olson laying in the middle of this truck. And uh, she says, Oh my, it's him, Jake. Now what? Think, Amanda, think. <laughs> and, uh, and then she, she gets a brilliant idea. Wait, 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 this is a linen truck. And so she pulls off some of the towels and stuff off the uh, sides of the truck and is, is trying to put out the fire on Jake because, you know, Jake's on fire. And she says, that means there's lots here to smother a fire with. Ouch, this looks a lot easier when they do it on TV. And uh, Jake is apparently awake because uh, he's got his eyes open and, and Amanda's like, are you okay, Jake? Please, wake up, please. Um, and Amanda, you bozo, you've got a cell phone, use it. And she's crying here and very gloopy, yeah, not good image of crying here. But anyway, she calls, she's calling an ambulance and she's like, hello, I need an ambulance right away. I have a burn victim here. And a voice comes from behind. By the time help arrives, it will be too late. And it is Gladiator, and he bursts in, and he kind of rips the whole truck apart with his arms, and uh, he's, he's, she's like, oh, my God. And there's a giant shripped, and Gladiator says, run, girl, I have no desire to harm you. It's the God of Thunder I'm after. Thor? What do you want Jake for? He doesn't know where Thor is. And the voice comes from behind Gladiator, and uh, says, Barbarian, 
thou wouldst terrorize an innocent mortal to achieve thy goal. And uh, Hand reaches out, grabs Gladiator's cape, and yanks him out of the truck. And, of course, it is Thor Girls, a.k.a. Tyreen. Such is not the act of an honorable warrior. Mayhap the time hath come for the furious fists of Tyreen to teach thee the way. Gladiator's trying to grab onto the sides of the uh, truck, but that's not having a lot of, of doing a lot of good. He's kind of digging his fingers in the metal and being dragged backwards. And he says, Interfering whelp, allying yourself with the Thunder God will bring consequences beyond your comprehension. His future, his rule is beyond grim, and I'll not see it come to pass, no matter the price. A gladiator is shooting out eye beams with a spaz and knocks Tyreen back into a car. And uh, there's two people getting out of the car uh, after Tyreen crashes on it. One is a woman with a weird headdress. And it's almost like she's wearing a superhero costume of some weird description. It looks like she could be Asian. I don't really know. And the other guy, uh, the other person is a guy and he's dressed up in a, like a, he's dressed like a butler almost. He's got a Jarvisy looking and he's got glasses too. He, maybe he's, uh, I don't know, he could be Asian too, I suppose. Anyway, uh, their, uh, their car is getting smashed and the um, woman is running out and says, Louis going to have my head for wrecking his car. And the guy is jumping out the other side of the car and he says, he's going to have mine for dating his wife. And there's a giant chung. And uh, we cut back to the inside of the, of the truck and Amanda's there. Her eyes have gotten absolutely enormous in the last last three or four panels. And uh, she's saying, uh, look, I know I said some nasty things to you at the hospital and all, but nobody deserves this. You just got to be okay, Jake. You just got to. And in the meantime, Jake is turning magenta here in the uh, floor of the truck. And Gladiator is going after uh, Tareen. And Tareen is just kind of laying back. And her breasts are on fire. Um, so I'm imagining maybe the rest of her is too. It's hard to tell. But uh, anyway, so Gladiator is saying, this has already taken far longer than it should have. It must end. Is, is that thy best effort, evil one? If so, thy vision of heat, though searing, is not nearly enough to fell Tyreen. Thou knowest not what thou dost, madman, for to remove Midgard's greatest champion is folly. And she uh, rises up into the air and she's whirling around. And um, yeah. So she's no longer on fire, and Gladiator says, Wrong. If you know what's coming, the havoc he'll wreak, you'll never defend him. Tareen is, uh, hurls her hammer at, at Gladiator, smacks him right in the face, but then she says, Methinks thee deluded, caped one. Have it thee. The hammer hits him in the face with a racked, and he goes, Ugh. Quick though thou art, none can match the speed and fury of Tareen. And uh, in the meantime... Uh, Amanda has managed to drag Jake out of the ruined truck and is kind of dragging him around the other side of it. And she's saying, I don't know who these people are, but as long as they're busy with each other, we have a chance. And there's a siren noise coming from beyond. And she goes, sirens? And it turns out to be Christine um, driving in, in the uh, ambulance. And she kind of spills out of the ambulance and says, is that Jake? You'll be okay now, Jake. It's your partner, Christine. And she orders um, Amanda uh, away. She's like, go home. I'll see to his safety. But are you sure? I mean, if there's anything I can do, leave child now. And yeah, so points and Amanda goes running off. Christine is leaning over Jake and she says something very weird. Thou art suffering. There is but one way to end the pain. Let thy fingers bend. Let thy summoning fist call forth the power. And uh, she's kind of balling up his hand into a, a fist, and she slams his hand on the ground, and nothing happens. And she says, "'Tis as I feared. Mighty Mjolnir was gone when Thor did assume his mortal form. I must concentrate, that the whereabouts of Asgard's greatest weapon might be revealed. So, obviously, something is up with Christine. Remember last time when I said I thought there was something weird going on? I'm more convinced than ever that that she's an Asgardian in disguise playing love games. Who might that be? Yeah, it's got to be the Enchantress or Lorelei, one of the two. Uh, and we shift scenes and we are in Asgard. 
And we have Heimdall, and he's standing not on the Rainbow Bridge for once, but on a like a platform, rocky little pedestal thing right, right near the Rainbow Bridge. And he says, "'Tis passing strange indeed. If the slightest leaf falls upon Midgard's fertile soil, I hear it. If a single drop of water, melting off a great chunk of ice, doth splash at the foot of a frost giant, I know of it. Now the powerful senses of noble Heimdall detect movement unseen. Reveal thyselves, he shouts. Make clear thine intent. And it turns out to be an army. Uh, and it's Ulick, and he's got a big old spiky mace in his hand. He's riding this sort of green, very Walt Simonson-y looking sort of dragon horse kind of thing. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, like, trolls and it looks like they're mostly trolls dressed up in armor and uh, they, they were hidden behind a spell obviously and Ulick uh, is like let the mask of invisibility fall attack my brutish horde of trolls attack and yeah they're smashing through but Heimdall of course he has his Gjallar horn with him and he blows on the horn with a bow Woo! Heimdall saying Ulick uh, let the alarm be sounded Come let the defenders of Asgard that the battle might be joined. And we shift to the royal palace. And remember, Odin is asleep, so Sif is in charge. And she's wearing a very fancy suit of armor here. Uh, like nothing we've ever seen her wear before. She's got these big old like sheep horns uh, coming out of it, which is, it's a, it's a look that I might expect from Loki, but it's not a look I would expect from Sif. But anyway... The clarion call of my brother Heimdall. But such an alert can only mean that Asgard is invaded. And Balder comes running in. He says, "'Tis true, my lady Sif. Even now, Ulick and his trolls storm our streets. Madness! They would ne'er dare such a thing, Balder. Unless they think us vulnerable because our liege doth slumber deep within the replenishing grips of the Odin sleep. Many are their numbers, save, says Balder. Every weapon of Asgard shall be needed to protect Odin including the hammer of Thor. And we see in the foreground a whole bunch of warriors and they're fighting the trolls because, yeah, the trolls are attacking and that's what you do. Balder, fetch the Odinson whilst I lead the charge, said Sif. Twill take too long, says Balder. The power to traverse time and space instantly is thy birthright. Use it, my lady. And she goes jumping down off of the, uh, it's like a balcony or something. I'm not sure why she's jumping to her death. But anyway, she says, uh, a true leader must know the strengths of her people. Go, though I hate to abandon Asgard. The realm shall be all the stronger when I return with Thor. So she's gone. Baldur's left in charge, I suppose. And we shift scenes once again. And we are back on Earth and we have a, a full page here. Uh, basically, of a gladiator who has been smashed up against the wall by Tareen. And uh, gladiator is saying, Your rather insignificant body doesn't begin to hint at your true strength, girl. Well, he gets up and he kicks a, like a piece of wall at her with a bract, and a bunch of bricks uh, you know, go flying towards her. And uh, Tareen is ready for it, and she says, Thou seekest to flee? No, says gladiator, and he jumps up to the top of the building and he grabs a water tower off the top of the building. Do they still have water towers in New York? I mean, they still have them here in Chicago, but, you know, not as many as, like, Frank Miller thinks there are. But anyway, uh, he picks up a water tower and he gets ready to throw it down at her. And he's saying, uh, I seek only to end this farce. A senseless maneuver. Unless... And he looks, she looks up and says, Oh... And at that moment, uh, we have a whole half page where she is smashed with a giant crang by this water tower. And it's a, actually pretty, when you think about it, really very well drawn uh, image of her being smashed by this water tower. And we get like an image of the water tower splitting apart at the seams as being one of these old fashioned water towers that's made of wood and there's water kind of leaking out from in between the uh, the slats of the of the tower as it as it bursts. Gladiator is using his super breath, and he blows at the tower, and he's saying uh, while he's blowing, which I can't do that. I'm yeah. anyway. Says water and the most extreme of winds mean ice. Enough ice to imprison you. 
and he imprisons Tarine within a block of ice. Uh, how would that, how did a water, and the most extreme, no, I can't do it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, he's trapped uh, Tarine in the ice, and he goes uh, streaking off back to the ruined truck where Jake Olson had landed, and he's saying, uh, now to finish the job. And they, of course, have gone, because we saw them leave earlier. Gone! That other girl must have taken him. But where could he possibly want to go without the hammer? And we get a like a really actually pretty impressive shot here of, of Gladiator kind of going, um, and yeah, looking right, right at the camera, looking all angry and shit. We then shift scenes, and we are at LaGuardia Airport. And why are we here? Because apparently that's where the hammer is. So anyway, uh, we have uh, Christine, and she is in the, the ambulance, and... She's driving really fast uh, by the airport, and she uses the ambulance to burst through the fence uh, onto the runway. Obviously, this is before 9-11, because I don't think you'd be able to do that now. But anyway, um, she says, No mortal construct shall stop me from easing thy pain. Mjolnir's vibratory essence is strong. Tis near. And she's driving right out on the runway and there's there's planes and stuff out here. And she's like, I'll not stop until there. Ever power Mjolnir, hammer of the god of thunder. And she pulls the ambulance up right next to it. And she pulls Jake out and his clothes are all tattered and stuff. And, and she's saying, fortunately, thou art unconscious. Thy time to know of my presence has not yet arrived. They're, she's dragging Jake over towards the hammer and the uh, voice shouts out, Stop! And uh, Christine says, He comes. Delay will surely be lethal. And uh, she takes um, Jake's hand and wraps it around the hammer, and she lifts his, his fist up. Um, and I guess, I guess this would work just because Jake is holding the hammer and she's just raising his hand. I guess that would work. So I don't uh, yeah. It's a little dubious, but uh, okay, I'll accept it. She uh, uses the, the, her uh, hand to whap the hammer on the ground. And she says, Here, the manifestation of thy power, only in thine hand may it be lifted. Strike the ground that thy mortal form should be replaced by. And there's a big lightning burst. And uh, we have Gladiator bursting into panel. Uh, Jake is in mid-transformation. So you kind of kind of get this odd image of, of Jake kind of halfway transformed into Thor. And the gladiator leaps in and he says, when I say stop, I mean stop. And there's a scrack, a thoom sound effect. And uh, we see that Jake has transformed back into Thor. Uh, but in the meantime, gladiator is carrying Thor down, basically uh, down into the center of the earth or something, because they're kind of barreling down this shaft straight down that they're digging as they go, I guess. And uh, the gladiator is saying, Believe it or not, this saddens me, Asgardian. I remember you as an ally, a fellow crusader in the war for justice. But that was before the truth of your destiny was laid evident. Gladiator, says Thor, thou speakest entirely too much. And he goes shapped, and he shoots a uh, ray beam out of the hammer and smashes uh, Gladiator right in the chest with it. And um, the gladiator is <laughs> he's looking like he's been electrocuted, which he probably has. Thor is saying, Alas, I considered thee an alley as well, but thine incessant attack saith otherwise. And so uh, the gladiator is, is being shot out of the ground with a choom in the middle of this runway. And Christine is running back towards the uh, ambulance, and she's saying, As much as I would prefer my secret to remain mine own, the time hath come to depart. And it's a double-page spread here, of a plane taking off, I guess. A plane taking off while, uh, yeah, they're fighting in the middle of the runway. You would think they'd notice, but okay, maybe it's just happening really, really fast. I don't know. Anyway, um, Thor comes hurling up out of the hole and he says, Thou speakest often of my crimes to come, gladiator, but no proof hast thou offered. Thou art devoid of reason, for I would never do that which might harm Midgard. I've seen it as guardian, says gladiator, and the responsibility is yours. Preposterous! I, by the bristling beard of Odin, shouts uh, Thor because the plane is like landing on top of them or something. Anyway, so we shift scenes and we are back in the hospital. 
A woman walks into the hospital and um, it's Jake's mom. And she walks in and says, Excuse me, might I trouble you for some help? I'm Dr. Foster. If I can't help you, I'm sure Hannah Fairmount here can. Hannah Fairmount, how fortunate. You see, I'm looking for my son, Jake Olson. Is he here? And Hannah's like, You're. And, 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 uh, and Jane is like, Jake's mother? And there's an announcement over the uh, intercom. Dr. Foster, report to room 314 stat. And Foster, Jane is like, that's Keith's room. And uh, Jane goes running off and leaves uh, Jake's mom there with Hannah. Uh, now, Jake's mom is drawn very differently here than she was in the in the issue that we saw her in previously. And she's turned into this, like, dumpy old lady where she wasn't really that before. Anyway, and uh, she leaves and leaves her with Hannah here. And she's like, oh, dear, I do hope everything is all right. Me too. Keith is her husband. He's been in a coma for weeks. Oh, dear. It's a pleasure to finally meet you, Mrs. Olson. Oh, the pleasure is mine, Hannah. You and Jakey were engaged, after all. And just at that moment, um, <laughs> Amanda comes bursting in, uh, and she's running up to them, and she says, Mom, it's Jake! He's been burned really, really bad! And, of course, his mom is there, and she's like, Oh, dear. And we shift scenes once again. Lots of scene jumping in this issue. And we got a full-page spread pretty much here. And we are in hell, where only the most tortured of souls are to be found, says the caption. And we have Hella here, and we have Vala, a.k.a. Hag. And it uh, looks like there's lots of like, corpses like dancing around and stuff. And anyway... Vala seems to have some misgivings about them being here, and she says, Why venture to this part of thy kingdom, mistress? Tis rare for us to journey here. Hush, Vala, tis not for thee to question the ways of Hela. Ah, there is the one I seek. Come, acknowledge thy queen. Uh, she, she goes up to one particular of these souls and says, A vessel is prepared for thee. Art thou ready to depart? If that is thy wish, says this person, go then, go, fulfill thy task. And there's a um, a glow and a bunch of lightning, and the person, whoever it is, is gone. I have my guess as to who this is, but you never know. And Vala is questioning how well she says, Why, my mistress, why do such a thing? There are those whose souls I crave, Allah, and even the patience of Hela hath limits. And we shift scenes back to the hospital and Jane Foster is bursting into the, the room. And uh, it's not room 317 or whatever, like we were told it's room 17. So maybe somebody erased the three or something on the door. Anyway, uh, so he goes bursting in and there's a nurse in there. And, and she, uh, Jane is like, what's wrong, nurse? It's the most amazing thing, says the nurse. Dr. Kincaid began waking up a few moments ago. It's a miracle. Keith, can you hear me? Keith? And he starts to talk, says, Jane, what happened? You came up short in a tussle with the absorbing man, Keith, but you're out of the woods, and everything's fine now. Yeah, just fine, says Keith. And we got this kind of evil look on Keith's face, and he's got this kind of grin, and... The look in his eye just makes you think that things aren't going to be just fine. But anyway, we shift scenes and we are back in Asgard. We've got the Warriors 3 here. We've got all three of the Warriors 3 and they're fighting together against uh, the trolls and their weird lizard horse, half-human weird creature things. Fight, my comrades, says Volstagg. Let these devilish trolls be sent back to the land that spoiled them. Rarely have I seen you fight with such vigor, Volstagg, says Hogan. The curse invaded at supper time, Grim Hogan. Only an act so indecent might ignite my ire. Use thine energy for fighting, says Fendrel. These trolls must be stopped ere they reach Odin. And in the meantime, we have Ulick himself, and he's got a big old axe in his hand, and he is approaching the royal bedchamber, and he says, At last, the omnipotent one's bedchamber. Prepare thyself, Odin, for thou art about to breathe thy last. 
and he is stopped by somebody standing in his way, and it is Balder. And uh, Balder is saying, uh, I think not, Ulick. The only way thou shalt reach the king of kings is o'er the dead, lifeless body of Balder the Brave. "'Twill be my pleasure to cut thee in twain," says Ulick, and a fight begins. And we are not seeing the continuation of that fight because we are back on Earth, and we are back in New York City. And the frozen Tareen, who is trapped in a block of ice, he had a group of people gathered around the block of ice, and there's a little kid, and the woman is like, that girl, she's frozen. Who is she, mama? Says a little kid. And there's a cop there, and he's like, beats me. Maybe a new Avenger or something. And there's a, a black guy there, and he's, he's pointing and saying, check out the special effect. And there's this kind of glow coming out of the wall, and uh, it is Sif, and she's transformed, or she's transported herself to Earth, and uh, she has arrived on the scene. Got a nice shot here of her kind of gliding down, and everyone turns to look, and the little kid is like, look, she flies! I don't know about you, Phyllis, but I am flat out in love, says the, the, the guy who initially pointed to her. By the sight of Heimdall, it would appear the God of Thunder is no longer present, and just as surely... "'Tis all but certain yon mysterious lass suffers. "'Thus it falls to Sif to free her.' "'And Sif takes her sword and starts hacking away at the ice "'and get, you know, pretty quickly gets to the center of it "'and uh, Tareen gets enough uh, movement "'that she's able to break out the rest of the way. "'And Sif is like, "'Speakest thou, child, where might I find Thor?' "'No one imprisons Tareen. "'No one may treat the designate with such impudence.' Let the gladiator quake with fear, for now shall come a reckoning. And she goes taking off into the sky, and Sif is like, uh, The designate? Here? I must follow. And we are back at the airport after another shift, and the airplane is um, kind of bearing down on top of gladiator, and Thor, and, and a very wonky sort of image here of the looks like the, the, the plane uh, was gonna, is going to crash, and it, it, so Thor is trying to stop it, and he's like, Odd's blood. See what thou hast wrought, gladiator. And it's a KLM jet, so yeah. I wonder if the, uh, the Nazi airline stewardesses that I flew with are, are in charge. Anyway, that's a lot story for another time and place, folks. Anyway, um, so Thor has grabbed the airplane, and they're trying to keep it from crashing, and they're kind of holding it up. Uh, up uh, by the nose on end, and um, Thor is saying, Thine errant attack hath endangered the life of every mortal aboard. I beseech thee, lend thine aid, lest their blood be on thy shoulders. And um, Gladiator says, The reprieve is yours, Asgardian. My mission here is not to take lives, but to save them. And he flies around, and uh, between, and he flies around, and he looks like he's, trying to to write the plane and it, the plane is actually flipped upside down at this point and thor says again thou dost imply i may do otherwise insulting insinuations for the god of thunder is ever dedicated to the well-being of any in need of help so say you now as guardian but the day shall come when those words prove false Ner says thor and the two of them have managed to write the plane up on uh, the the uh, right side up and they're setting the plane gently down on the ground, and Thor's saying, Hold steady, gladiator. The aircraft must be stabilized and lowered as gently as possible. And the two of them kind of slamming the plane down, and I guess the, the plane is still still moving very quickly, and the plane is now rolling backwards towards the terminal. Gladiator is on the back of the plane, and Thor's at the front, and gladiator's trying to hold it back and saying, uh, Done. But we haven't the leverage to stop the plane's momentum. Push, Gladiator, push, says Thor. Impact is but seconds away. And Thor is pulling on the landing gear, trying to keep the plane you know, slower down even more. Gladiator's in the back kind of pushing, and he says, uh, if I push any harder, the stress will rip the plane to shreds. And we see people inside the airport, and they're like, run, run. And Gladiator's like, almost, almost. And... Um, they just barely managed to stop the plane before it goes crashing into the airport. And Gladiator uh, says, stopped. 
it worked. And uh, next next thing we see is Thor, and he looks real angry, and he's like, Gladiator, I have considered thee a comrade in arms, but as thou hast repeatedly endangered mortal lives, taking these to the very brink of death, I can do so no more. Have at thee. And the fight has started again, and Thor takes uh, his hammer and is kind of blasting Gladiator with it. And Gladiator goes flying back, and it looks like his costume is kind of being ripped up here. And the sound effect is ta-chow! Back, Gladiator, powerful as thou might be, even thy strength is nothing compared to the raging fury of Mjolnir. And he knocks uh, Gladiator into a fuel truck, which explodes with a, a thoom and a whoosh. And Gladiator, you know, he's he's basically Superman. He's invulnerable here, and he's kind of climbing out of the um, the burning truck. And he's saying, "Your actions prove me right. Proof of how dangerous you are. The only danger here is thee," says Thor. And he takes his hammer and he smashes Gladiator across the face with it. And yeah, and he's just kind of hammering on him, literally with with the hammer. Surely thou art brainwashed by a cunning foe. Is the only possible explanation for thy bizarre statements. Thus I can hold back no longer. And he um, got a hammering gladiator into the ground here with a gracker, gracker, gracker. And uh, Thor looks up and he sees uh, Tyreen. <laughs> and uh, she's, uh, she's like, Thou, thou hast offended the designate. Thine actions are unjust and reprehensible. Thus ye be must be punished. And Tareen uh, is blasting uh, Gladiator right in the face with a giant, like, lightning bolt or something with a the sound effect is spits. And Thor is like, By the thousand threats of Ragnarok, such power rivals even that of omnipotent Odin. And uh, we have a, uh, a new arrival on the scene at this point, and that uh, is Sif. And uh, Sif uh, shows up behind Thor, and uh, she says, Son of Asgard, I know not what transpires here, but if thy wish ever to see thy father again, thou must needs accompany me to Asgard anon. Boedi Sif, says Thor, pray tell thee what threatens the realm eternal. And we shift scenes, and we are back in the realm eternal, and the trolls are fighting... Uh, against the Asgardians. We got Balder versus Ulik, and Ulik just kind of... B- brushes Balder aside and says, Insignificant gnat, thou art ever second best in the eyes of him you'd so blindly serve, and today thy service means not. Odin, fah. And uh, he is axed his way in through the door and is approaching Odin's uh, racing car bed, and Odin is there asleep, uh, in, not, in a, not in his uh, fur onesie, but in, like just like a uniform, sort of. Uh, with fur cuffs and stuff on it. Anyway, he says, This time thy replenishing sleep shall cost thee dearly. Soon those who dwell within the eternal realm's golden halls shall kneel before Ulek. And he raises his axe up to strike against Odin. And we shift scenes to outside where the trolls and the Asgardians are still fighting. And Fandral says, uh, By the great abyss, we are undone. Aye, for their numbers seem infinite, says Hogan. Still, must we battle to the last breath, the last drop of blood. Asgard must not fall. And all of a sudden, there's a huge scoom, really loud sound effect, and big explosion. And Fandral says, Yon deafening sound. Twould seem as though it came from the omnipotence chamber, says Hogan. And we don't really know what happened because we are back on Earth and we get a couple of panels here. Of, of Thor and Sif and Tyreen and gladiators kind of and beaten to a pulp and is laying on the ground. "'Tis madness for Ulik to attack Asgard, says Thor. "'He thinketh us weak,' says Sif. "'I beseech thee, lend thy hammer in our cause.' And a voice comes from above. "'Neither man nor god need concern themselves any longer.' That voice, says Thor, "'tis... That of thy father, for I have awakened. Let sound the trumpets. Let ring the exultations of Asgardians far and wide. Our mighty Odin hath risen, and safety and promise of the realm eternal is secure once more. And um, 
Yeah, pretty impressive shot here of Odin as he is kind of appearing here. And it, it, in between the last page and now, he's changed his clothes. So take a drink. And Thor kneel, kneels to Odin. He says, as ever and always, I am thine to command, my father. And Gladiator speaks up from uh, on the ground. He says, Odin, hear me. Almighty one, I know the future. I know what's coming. I beg you. Kill your son while there is time. And Odin is really surprised by this. He's, Thou hast knowledge of the reigning. Tis not to be spoken of or even thought of. This is not thy place. This is not thy time. Be gone. And he uses his uh, staff to send away Gladiator. And Thor is like, Of what doth Gladiator speak? What is this reigning? Most of all who live, tis not for thee to know, says Odin. And Sif is not really worrying about this whole reigning business. She's actually going after Odin and says, Thou art alive, and the invading trolls? Gone. Alas, rarely have I been more displeased than to waken to such chaos. That fetid Ulic was about to cleave my head from my shoulders. I came here to rally Thor to our aid. Again, my wandering son was too consumed with Midgardian affairs to carry out his duty to his homeland. And thou art the designate, attired in garments far beneath thee, he says to Tyreen. My son should ne'er have countenanced such behavior. Asgard might well have fallen in thine absence. It should have been thee upon my throne. But I did not ask for I know well thy mistaken priorities. Matters here require the attention of Thor, says Thor. An attitude that disappoints me as ne'er before. So be it. If it is a mortal life thou desirest so much, it is a mortal life thou shalt have. From this moment forward, I strip thee of thine immortal self. But if I become Jake Olsen again... Uh, he goes, Arg And uh, Jake Olsen falls to the ground, and he is all burned up, because he was all burned up before he changed into Thor. And he's like, Arg The fire! So painful. So very, very painful. Uh, then we shift scenes, and we are back on Earth. It says Earth centuries from now. And Gladiator appears... Uh, in a burst of Kirby crackle here, and he is back with Zarko and Zarko's guards, and Gladiator says, Zarko. And he's like, Gladiator, you're back? I did my best, but he's too strong. Thor lives. Then we have failed to prevent this. And we see what Zarko's world looks like, and it's all in ruins, and there's like all these unhealthy-looking, destitute people all kind of laying around. There's people living inside water pipes. And in the middle of it all stands a giant statue of Thor, all heroic and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, so apparently Thor is going to be in charge and everyone is going to suffer because of that. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, then we shift scenes, I guess a final time because we're only on one page left. And we are in New York again, and we are with Christine, and she is running out of the uh, fire station, or I guess where the ambulances are kept, whatever that is, and she's like, hurry, gotta, hurry, gotta move, almost out of time, out of time, and she goes running into a, an apartment, apartment number nine, which seems to be basically an empty apartment with nothing but a, uh, like a bathtub in it, and a, and a ceiling fan. And uh, she uh, is running towards a mystical mirror uh, and sort of this pink, weird mirror thing. And uh, she's saying, the mirror of massage is responsible for maintaining the illusion, but it's about to drop. The spell must be renewed. And she steps through the mirror, and as she does, she changes. Thus does this insignificant mortal mask fall that my true self might be revealed. Soon shall the time come when the God of Thunder once more acknowledges his true love. Soon shall he come to again embrace 
The Enchantress. And yes, indeed, just as I thought, it's the Enchantress, though she seems to have stolen uh, Snowbird's headdress um, from, from Alpha Flight and, and dyed it green. But yeah, it is the Enchantress. Actually, kind of a beautiful full-page pinup here of, uh, of the Enchantress. Uh, and uh, we got the next issue blurb, A God No More. And that is Thor number 35. And we'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass. <laughs> we oh, just yeah. turned on him! <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is Romance Comics Theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book And we are back as normal with just a few comments. I don't have a lot to say about it because I've been kind of commenting throughout the issue. Um... This is a perfectly enjoyable issue. We've actually kind of wrapping up one storyline and kind of moving into something other. And, and you can see something here that is a, a definite foreshadowing of the last half of the Thor Volume 2 series here. We've got the raining coming, folks. And we've got some beautiful Alan Davis art coming. And we've got a lot of stuff. Jurgens is obviously playing the long game here. He's got a big plan. He's, he's, you know, something great is going to be happening here in this title over the next couple of years. And uh, definitely looking forward to covering that stuff. But yeah, this is where the raining starts, folks. And uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see the ride. I think it's very well written. Um, the jumping around is a little bit annoying. We get a lot of that. Or it seems like, you know, we get one or two pages and then it jumps around. And I mean, there's always been jumping around in comics, obviously, in a lot of Thor comics. But this issue may be more so than most. Um, the artwork, by and large, it's it's really good. I mean, it's not all perfect, but it's 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 quite good in general. I like Andy Kubert's work. I think that uh, in this issue, in particular, he's definitely channeling Simonson a lot, and particularly in the faces. I think that uh, he's definitely trying to, to call back to that. Um, he, I think, more than his brother. Uh, really channels also their dad, who is, of course, the great Joe Kubert. Um, they definitely have a very similar type of rendering style and the way the shadings and things go. Uh, at the same time, he's not a copy of his father's work. I mean, I love me some Joe Kubert. I think he was one of the, one of the classics. I, I do really like the, uh, you know, the, the nods to, to Joe Kubert that we see periodically in, in his style. Gladiator's supposed to be from the future. He's supposed to look older, and he really doesn't. That's kind of an inconsistency. Uh, you know, I think that when we saw Stuart Eminen drawing him, he kind of did look a little bit older. And here he just kind of looks like Gladiator has always looked. Callbacks to the extreme 90s, not my favorite thing. Uh, we got a lot going on here that um, is, uh, I don't know, too extreme 90s for my taste. But you can see that, obviously, they've tried to, to draw that back and try to make this more like a, a classic uh, Marvel comic in, in the way it goes. Um, found, finding some weird coloring errors and things. We got some Kirby crackle here on, um, on uh, page 25, which is the scene where Sif arrives on Earth. And she's surrounded by this, this red and yellow Kirby crackle glow. And at some point, the, the coloring got messed up because we have... The, the Kirby Crackle turning black for part of the <laughs> for part of this uh, the scene here. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing it's just kind of color separators error or something because I can't imagine that the you know the, the colorist would have done that. Uh, anyway, it doesn't look real good here. the The scene of Gladiator and Thor stopping the airplane is one of the weirdest scenes I think I've seen as far as, as choreography. I can see what Kubert was going for here. The plane kind of 
it tries to land, but it it you know they're in the way, and Gladiator and Thor kind of have to deflect the plane, and they do so by grabbing the front of it, and the plane goes flipping over. So it's it's kind of this weird tumble in the air kind of thing. Obviously, this is happening very very quickly, which means that all of the dialogue and there's a lot of dialogue in this scene uh, is taking place in the period of about two or three seconds. And so they're really talking like Alvin and the Chipmunks here. But the plane does this giant, like, uh, somersault. You can only imagine what it must be like to be inside the plane. I guess we'll never find out about what that's like. But uh, the plane actually flips over on its back, uh, end over end, and then they kind of do this weird flip thing and bring it down onto the onto the runway so that it's rolling backwards. And... I, I kind of get what they're trying to do. And I think from a scientific point of view, that actually works. I think the, the way the momentum is working in this should... Yeah, I mean, I can see that that would work and that that's the way it would actually play out. So somebody actually thought about something here, which is actually pretty good. Um, but I don't think that it's very clear at first glance of the artwork uh, that that's what's going on here. It actually takes a little bit of study to the work. Okay, is that what's happening? What, what exactly is happening here? And it all takes place over, you know, three pages or so, where, like I said, this would be a, one of these things that would take about, uh, you know, five seconds for the stall play out. So I can only imagine Thor is like, and Gladiator's like, back. So anyway. All right, so I don't have a whole lot much more to say about the issue. I guess I guess I liked it. It's it's pretty, you know, um, it's a pretty good setup for what is coming, and I think what what the story that that Dan Jurgens really wants to tell. So hey, pretty good stuff. And with that, we wrap up the show for this week, folks. Hey, thanks very much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Hope everybody had a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas. We will see you next year uh, because we're this show is posting on the 27th. And so the next time we're going to talk to you is, what, about the 10th or something of January? So once again, I hope that everybody had a fantastic holiday, whatever it is you celebrate. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>